Welcome to the Chronically Courageous Podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie Howard. Since I was a child, I've had chronic pain, yet was told time and time again that it was all in my head. So I pushed through my symptoms and I built a successful career until I found myself crouched on the floor of my office, barely conscious. After finally getting a diagnosis, I had to learn how to embrace the life I've been given as fully and happily as possible. Now, it's my mission to help you do the same. Join my guests and I each week for inspiring stories and tips on navigating the complexities of chronic illness. Together, I believe we can move forward with courage, passion, and purpose. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Chronically Courageous. This is episode 42. My gosh, I can't believe it. Whew, I, it just seems like I just started this and I'm already at episode 42. And by the way, thank you all for your support so much. I'm actually, I don't know if you've seen it on my social media, but I recently posted that my podcast is now in the top 5% globally, and I'm just so honored. And again, it's it's a little bit like I keep having to pinch myself, like, is this actually real? So um, I want to talk about that a little bit. So this week, there is actually a masterclass being offered by my mentors, Ginny and Michelle. And they were the ones that guided me through the entire process to set up my podcast with a course called the Podcast Accelerator. And it was such a beautiful, amazing experience. Very, very high touch. They helped me every single step of the way. I never felt like I had any unanswered questions. And at the end of the course, I had a fully produced first episode of my podcast and all the tools that I needed to move forward and continue, which obviously I have done. So This week, I will actually be also joining a free masterclass they have to teach you a little bit more about the Podcast Accelerator. And in this class, they will teach you how to get clear on what lights you up and what you really want to say and what sort of difference you want to make in the lives of others. You will also be able to come home to your voice and learn how to speak your truth. They'll help you be reassured that you'll overcome any tech troubles if that's an issue for you so that you can focus on what's truly important, which is getting your voice out into the world. And finally, they will help you to reach out and start making transformative connections like I've done over these past 10 months, and it has truly transformed my life. So I highly recommend that you sign up for this free masterclass. Of course, I will put a link in the show notes to sign up. And they will be offering several renditions of this free class. However, I will be joining the one on March 4th of this week. Again, all the details will be in my show notes. And gosh, I mean, wouldn't it make more sense to spend an hour of your time just learning about the potential of podcasting rather than sitting in front of Netflix for an hour? At the very least, you'll feel a lot more inspired and uplifted just by being in the energy of Ginny and Michelle because they are amazing, amazing people. So now for the podcast this week. This week is going to be part two of my conversation from last week with Fusen Reinhardt. And you will hear me sniffling from kind of an emotional 
story that Fusen shared about her daughter and a tragic accident that she had, but how she came through it and with Fusen's help really managed to heal. And we'll also talk about the power of gratitude, which is something that I practice every single day in my life. I am very diligent about not just gratitude journaling, but also just really looking around and expressing my gratitude to people and expressing my gratitude for just the little things every day. And it just really makes such a difference in life when we go through life looking for all of the things that we have to be grateful for. So it was a great conversation. Uh, You'll learn more about me because Fusen kind of dissected me a little bit in this conversation. So enjoy that. And I just hope you enjoy this next episode. Love to you all. I feel like I'm sitting here now and I'm being examined. (laughs) 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 Because you're watching me speak, you're watching my facial expressions, you're watching me, you know, squiggle in my seat a little bit. Are you picking up on anything from me right now? Is there anything, any messages or... I'm picking something from you, but that's not by using NLP. That's using my intuition. But it's also that we spoke in advance before we started the program. You were verbally saying it, but I could feel your energy that you are a very sensitive person, HSP, highly sensitive person, and that you are an empath and that you suck from people's energy. And empath people always struggle with that. And which you said you are doing it unless you start shielding yourself they start taking away all your energy and you are draining and you don't even know why you are draining Mm -hmm. you feel very tired at the end of the day and you don't have a clue why because you felt everybody they started taking all the good stuff from you and they left you with their yes right well and you know what it's funny because you know we both talked about we had these corporate careers and you know it was like we got to dress up in the fancy suits and the high heels and walk into the boardroom and you know sit in these fancy offices and all that and you know it does it gives you like a certain level of um what was the word you used significance significance thank you so i, I you know i was thinking when i was in that office it was uh, there was so much toxicity and so much negativity and so much of like misplaced priorities, you know, things that everybody thought, you know, everything that they were doing was so important and there was nothing more important in the world. And, you know, to me, I was like, this stuff's really, you know, it's not the stuff that matters in life. And, and I think I, I was sitting there and I was getting more and more sick because I was absorbing all of this crazy energy around me every day. And I would just be drained completely at the end of every day. And it was, you know, and I, I really feel like like with chronic illness, so many of us are highly sensitive or are very highly empathic. And we do tend to pick up on other people's energy so much and we take it on as our own. And that really can manifest in illness. And also the thing that uh, they say when, because not everybody is on the same level of energy or understanding or uh, empathy like uh, ourselves. And when you are feeling down or stressed, because you have already consumed so much from others. And then somebody comes and says with all the cold heart, yeah, come on, don't exaggerate. What is this now? Nothing uh, is happening here. And why do you feel like that? And you know, all those stickers they are trying to put on you, all the labels, and then you are becoming more and more introvert. You try, uh, you are closing up, you are shutting down. And then that creates a lot of uh, depression, a lot of stress. 
first mm -hmm. it starts building up as stress and that stress turns into burnout to depression which is quite challenging to get over unless you give all the priority to yourself mm -hmm. yeah and we have yeah. limits everybody's limit is different than each other i mean i can take a lot of bs to a certain level and i have my explosion points and maybe yours is halfway through you know then by the time you come to halfway, you say, okay, you know what? I'm really draining now. I'm dying here. I need to get out of here. And you are also feeling the energy in the office, in the company, in the supermarket, in here, in there. Not only from people, but even the locations, you start feeling the energy of those people. Like in the yeah. last job I worked, I was in a room with a girl who was extremely negative. Mm -hmm. and I was the joyful one talkative one I would always enter the room hey good morning how was your weekend <laughs> a little ray of sunshine not giving any uh, reply and I'm like oh, I'm talking to you you know and those times I wasn't really into self-development now if I would come across with such a situation I would go with Byron Katie who is also one of my teachers I would say hey Fisun accept what it is it is what it is. They are like that. You are not going to go and change them. Change your reaction to it. Because that's mm. the only thing we are able to control. Our right. things is the only thing we can control. So true. So true. And that's another thing. I think I think so many of us, you know, I know, well, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak for myself. I know for me, control was always a big part of my life. I mean, I wanted to control every situation. I wanted to control, you know, how I felt. I wanted to control, you know, I wanted to make everybody feel better. I wanted to make everybody happy and I wanted to make everybody like me. And, you know, it was all about control, control, control. And, you know, when I went through my divorce, I wanted to make sure, you know, my son was completely protected. So I went through a 10 year court battle. I mean, so, you know, it's like always trying to control and this energy we put into, into control is just exhausting. And I think that can really, contribute to, to have, illness we all have saboteurs mm -hmm. so our, some of our saboteurs which one of them is fitting you perfect when i listen to you it's also pleaser saboteur is yes it's not only the controller but you are also a pleaser or you have been a pleaser which isn't that sort of a form of control because I'm trying to control people to like me, right? Like I, I want to no, control. No, it's not really control. Control no? is like, you know, uh, when will the food be ready? No, it's five minutes late. No, uh, this meeting, no, I need to inform everybody, even if it is your not your job. No, I need to make sure that this goes right. I need to make sure that this is that. So controller puts you to a lot of stress. Controller mm, a lot is of perfection. Stress uh, trigger. But when you are a pleaser, you come from the heart center, you come from the empathic uh, body, and then mm. you say, oh, I hope he's feeling well. I hope she's feeling great. Oh, how can I make this better? How can I help her? How can I help him? Oh, I hope I did the right thing so that he will be happy. She will be uh, feeling better again. This is pleasing. This yeah. is pleaser. So they are totally two separate things. Mm. They are both saboteurs. So we have multiple saboteurs, controller, judge, judge is a very powerful saboteur. I mm. teach also how to control saboteurs and I teach tricks to women in my self-confidence courses, how they can control their emotions. And first we diagnose which saboteurs they have active in their life. And then I teach them tools how they can take control of those saboteurs. Mm. And then you have a high achiever, 
you have a perfectionist that's also a very stressful one. You want to do everything yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. And when you think that you're, it's not perfect, even if you have great ideas, you don't even want to start with something because you think, oh, I'm not perfect enough. No, this project I prepared is not perfect enough. No, I cannot talk about this because it's not perfect enough. So we have so many saboteurs. Stickler, yeah. you are so mm-hmm. stubborn. You don't want to accept, even if you see the truth in another way, you say, no, no, it's my way or the highway. It's you right. are so stubborn with everything you do. So these are all our saboteurs <clears throat> fighting in our mind's factory. Mm-hmm. I call it a factory. And yeah. we hire those employees there, by the way. We hire them because we give them power. Yeah. So I also teach how to empower your sage sites so that the sage can calm those guys down and show them who is the real powerful one, you know. Hmm. And your sage will relax your mind and the saboteurs will say, uh-oh, the boss is here. And they will slow down and make it easy for you so that you can have a better and easier life. Right. Wow. Wow. You are just a wealth of knowledge. We need, we need to talk more. <laughs> this is great. I love it. Um, so, you know, I like to always bring useful kind of tips, tricks, you know, ideas to my audience. And, you know, as you know, a lot of my audience is people that are um, trying to overcome chronic illness or just trying to really live with it and live their best lives with it. So what, you know, given all of your, your tools that you have, can you offer like one or two things that these people can do right away? And, you know, that would help them to have a higher sense of well-being? Of course, of course. So I believe in the power of breeding. And I also believe that so many of us is not breathing. Yeah. So breathing is not just we are taking our breath from our lungs, but to pause for a minute and allow ourselves to breathe so that we can calm down our nerves. We can calm down all that stress going through in our body and increase the level of our dopamine. Mm. And then you just touch your heart center in very brief and short version to feel your heart and then you breathe in counting up to five and you breathe out counting down to six. So you breathe in counting to five inside you and then you release counting to six and you repeat this process multiple times, four, five, six times and then you will start feeling like you are getting calmer and calmer and calmer. And then as your eyes are closed, you either say a prayer or send out a blessing to somebody in need or maybe mention something you are grateful for. And even this short practice will calm all our nerves and help us regenerate new cells, empower our immune system Mm. and increase our dopamine level. We forget to breathe. Two days ago, one of my coaching clients called me. They are working like crazy in this new job. She has a high career. And she started telling whatever was happening like in high speeds on the high 200 uh, kilometers per hour. Like the chipmunks. Yeah, Yeah. she was really... I said, hello, can I say something? She said, yes. I said, stop and breathe. And first she was like, uh, huh? 
I'm said, taken aback. Please breathe right now. I don't want to hear anything. Breathe. And then we started breathing with her. And she said, wow, I think this is all I needed. Mm. It helped her already so much because we forget. Yes, we do. We do, especially in situations of high stress. Something comes to mind. I remember um, when my son was about five or six years old, he was at his father's house and he was playing with another kid and the kid had a, a metal leash that they were swinging around and they hit him in the head and he needed stitches. So I had to um, meet with my, my ex-husband and my son and we were sitting there while he was getting the stitches and it was horribly traumatic and he was screaming and flailing and they had to wrap him up like almost in a straitjacket because he wouldn't stay still to get the stitches. And as a mother, you know, of, of one child, a first time mother, I was panicked and freaking out. And I was, I was definitely less, much less in control of my emotions then than I am now. I wasn't very good at calming myself. And then, you know, there they are stitching this screaming child of mine up. And the nurse looks at me and she says, mom, mom. And I'm like, what? <laughs> And she says, breathe. She says, you're not breathing. She's like, you're going to, you're going to pass out. She's like, stop buckling your knees and breathe. And I didn't even realize that I, I was, I was literally like not breathing, <laughs> but it's such a, you know, and we don't, we don't recognize that, but it is. And that, that, you know, elevates the stress level when we're, when we're in that state. That's true. Like uh, I will share a very short, uh, because I don't know our timing. I will share a short experience I had when I attended to the training of Greg Braden. So mm. he also like Joe Dispenza, like some other people, he works with HeartMed Institute in California. And he was using this small device that should clip it to your ear and to your index finger. And that measures your dopamine level and stress level and your heart rate. So she, he invited someone on stage from the audience and the girl really looked like so peaceful and calm and quiet. And they started to have a conversation. He said, I will put this device and we will see where you are right now. So they put up the big screen and her dopamine level was like 80% and her cortisol, the stress hormone was like in the twenties, very, very low on the screen. Yeah. That so you you seem like a very happy person. And she was like, Yeah, I'm most of the time happy. He said, Okay, so I would like to ask you one question. She said, Yeah, sure. He said, Could you please subtract 25 from 178,320? And she was like, Huh? And then he said, Let me repeat the question to you. Can you please subtract 25 from 178,320? And she was like, and right away, because she's connected to that uh, device and you see the screen, dopamine level was like, and cortisol. Oh. It was shifting like crazy in like- Oh my gosh. And so for people that are listening, Tucson is showing that the, the dopamine level went way down and the, the cortisol shot up. Yes, exactly. And that's the reason why he did that. He said, this is half- Quickly, we are triggered with something. What we hear, what we uh, experience, somebody told us something or whatsoever, even if you come here with a very peaceful state, even one little thing can trigger you so much that all your stress levels and uh, happiness uh, hormones start shifting like crazy. <laughs> and I was really like amazed when I was watching that and understanding how easy it is 
to put ourselves into deep stress. Yes, that fight or flight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what do you suggest if, if people are, you know, we, are, we do have so many triggers and especially <clears throat> this year with all of the, the stress, particularly in the United States, I mean, around the world, we've had, you know, the global pandemic and then, you know, just in the US, we've had all sorts of political unrest and racial injustice and all kinds of things going on. So if people find themselves triggered, what do you suggest they do to get out of that? I think uh, for uh, this uh, program, the breathing exercise is already a powerful one. Yes. Because that breathing exercise I learned from him. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes we really forget breathing. And of course, there's also another part, like the gratitude part. Gratitude is so powerful in our lives. Because I spoke about gratitude, I wanted to share this uh, second breakthrough I had with my daughter. Yes. So two years ago, my daughter had this um, very bad motorcycle accident in another country. So Mm -hmm. she's a professional dancer. She got a project. She accepted it. She was extremely happy. She would spend the summer in a sunny place, plus do what she loves the most, dancing, and she would earn very good money. So everything looked perfect. And on her third day being there, she met this uh, guy. They went on the motorcycle. This guy wanted to impress her and they ended up in the hospital. And um, she has never been operated. And um, it was happening in Croatia. And in the hospital, they didn't speak much of English. So their own language between them. So she was also not able to understand what was going on. But right after the accident, when she was taken to the hospital, she was directly taken for operation. And she could see how bad the arm and shoulder was because the main bone was sticking out of the shoulder. And when they started talking near her in this other language, she thought they will amputate me. (gasps) Oh my gosh. So it freaked her out. Yeah. And then we got the phone call. And I'm writing a book about this. I was having a very beautiful sunny uh, morning on Sunday and making my coffee and sitting by the window watching the boats. And then I got the phone call. Don't Mm -hmm. worry, they will call you. And they hang up. And I'm like, what? And then the second phone call came in. Your daughter had an accident. Don't worry, she's okay. She's having an operation right now. What? The second one. So that was... An incredible uh, moment of my life, one of the biggest uh, events of my life. We did everything we can to figure out which hospital, what happened, how bad she is, and all that kind of stuff. We figured out a plane ticket to fly over there in the same day. So we would arrive there at 12 at night, all day was gone, and we found her in intensive care. And she was luckily conscious, and she burst into tears, And I never forget that moment. She said, I'm so happy you came. I said, who were you expecting to come over here? Of course we will come. Of course, your mother. I mean, my gosh. Yeah, nothing could hold you back. Three weeks in intensive care. She had five broken ribs. She had internal bleeding. She had Mm. dented liver. She had uh, water in her uh, lungs, excessive water. The arm was connected with some iron piece and something like that. And I was like, I didn't know what to do, but I said, okay, you know how to control your emotions. 
Keep calm. Yeah. Slow down. Breathe. You got this. Because I was there as the power mom who needed to give power to her. Right. So that was a three weeks journey. And each time we wanted to fly her over to the Netherlands, it wasn't possible because of her lungs. Mm. They were saying to us, if you take her in the plane, most likely the lungs will collapse. Oh my gosh. Uh, we were really desperate because the hospital conditions were horrible. It was 40 degrees, airco was not working, and nobody was giving us any explanation. And barely people spoke English with us, and all the torture. We are busy with lawyers and uh, Dutch consulate, embassy, insurance, finding hotels to stay. Your daughter is there. You can only see like 20 minutes per day and all that stress. So eventually they moved her to a regular room out of intensive care that her death risk was less. But they were still not allowing her to fly. Mm. We were constantly on the phone with the insurance. Insurance was saying, yeah, we are trying to get permission from the hospital to move. We, We can send the plane, no problem. But we are afraid because of the lung situation. I said, you know what? That's it. I'm going to give a healing to her. Mm. I told my daughter, close your eyes. And my husband normally doesn't believe in whatever I'm doing. But he says, people pay money. Probably you are doing something good to them. They come back. So I did what I was guided to do in the lungs. And it was like two, three hours later, the insurance doctor called again and wanted to talk. They requested a new test. And from six millimeters, the water level dropped down to 3.4. Wow. And they said, what did you do in the last two hours that there is such a shift? Oh, my gosh. Doctors didn't know anything. They said, we are doing whatever we are regularly doing. And I was completely silent, looking at my husband like, you know. Wink, wink. They requested another test one hour later. And it was like one point something. Oh my God, that's amazing. We are sending the plane, taking you back home. And right, having goosebumps. So the civilized doctors from Germany entered the room. They introduced themselves. And I never forget that moment. The doctor said, I'm taking you home. And I'm like holding so hard not to cry because I don't Mm. want to affect my daughter. Right. There was still risk, by the way. The risk was not zero. Right. Only one person was allowed in the plane. I said, Mm. coming in the plane because it's a small jet. And I went in there. They connected her to all kinds of machines. So each time we are in the air, the machines are beeping. I'm like holding tight, try to smile as if nothing is happening. My daughter is looking at my eyes and I'm like, look at the clouds, look at outside. So long story short, we arrived to the Netherlands. One side was the ambulance. The other side was the police. They opened the door. And I live in the Netherlands for 22 years almost, but never Mm -hmm. felt home. You know, that home feeling, I never felt home. Mm. My home is more here. Right, in Turkey. Mm -hmm. And the police said, welcome home. And I burst in tears. Oh, my gosh. I said, this is the first time I felt I'm home. Wow. 
So her next generation journey started for another 10 days. She's operated there for six and a half hours. They put all kinds of metals inside her arms. And I came here from gratitude, right? I had to tell the story to make you feel and have the experience. Netherlands has a lot of rain. And I come yeah. from Turkey, which is always the sunny land. Right. So therefore, in 20 years, I always complained about the weather there. Again, rain, again, gray, again, depressive. Yeah. It started raining. I looked up in the sky. I said, I want more. What a beautiful rain. God, you gave me my daughter. Mm. Nothing more grateful than this. There is nothing more blessed than this. I said, I will never, ever complain again. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. And the more grateful you are, the more gratitude practice you can do. God, light, source, air. I don't care what you believe in. It's provided to you double, triple, portlet. It's always given to you more. Because you appreciate even the small things. If you are not able to appreciate small things, who gives you the guarantee that you will be grateful when there's a big, nice thing happening to you, you know? Right. Yep. Estimate everything. When she came home, she couldn't move anything. And one of her exercises was a piece of paper. She had to move her finger. Mm. I was seeing that struggle and the sweat on her forehead because she had to move two fingers. Yeah. I went in front of the window. I looked at my hands doing like this, turning them around, looking mm-hmm. at my fingers, looking at the sky. I said, God, how much we underestimate what you have given us. Oh, so when, true. When things are your normal, your standard, you are used to them. You don't appreciate yeah. But once you start going through such kind of experiences, then you realize that there is so much out there to be grateful, which we are underestimating. So true. So true. We tend to focus on the problems rather than the solutions. Focus on what is missing rather than what they have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Until, until they lose it, right? And. I, I so relate to this. I, I don't know if you know this story about me. I, I talked about it on a few of my podcasts and on my Facebook lives. But when I was in my 30s, I suddenly had tremendous pain in my shoulder and my arm and I went to the in my neck and I went to the emergency room. They sent me home. They said I had a strained neck. And I, I, I was pretty tough because I pretty much dealt with pain all my life. And I was crying at the emergency room window and they just basically sent me away. Well, Later that day, my arm started to feel completely numb. And I, I called my mother and I said, mom, my, my arm's feeling numb. This is really weird. She goes, oh, it's probably just from the pain meds they gave you. Well, like, I said, no, it's just my right arm. It's not my left arm. I don't think the pain meds would just affect one half of my body. Yeah. Well, sure enough, I wound up back in the hospital. My arm was completely paralyzed and I had to have emergency spinal surgery to correct it. And they said that if I hadn't had that surgery, I would likely have become quadriplegic. Yeah. So I, I relate to that when you talk about just moving the fingers. I mean, I, I you know, I couldn't move my, my arm, my hand, nothing. And, you know, and I remember my first physical therapy session, them just trying to get me to lift my arm just ever so slightly. And it was like lifting a hundred pounds, yes. you know, just 
even slightly, you know, raise my arm at all, you know, and, and we do, we take for granted, you know, when I, when I would brush my teeth or my hair, I would, oh, well, here's a good example. It's like putting deodorant on, you know, how you just, you lift your arm up and you put your deodorant on. Well, I couldn't lift my arm up. So I had to use my, my left arm to lift my right arm and then put it up on the wall so that it would stay there and then do my deodorant and then, yeah. you know, and then physically take it and put it back down. And, and we do, I mean, we take these things for granted that we have two legs and two arms, you know, most of us that, that work and, you know, until it's taken away. And then, you know, and I think that's, that's one of the gifts of like all, all the things that all of us, you know, people in this chronically, you know, chronically courageous family um, have been through is, you know, if we, if we see it that way, you know, we can see that we've been, you know, we've had all these challenges to go through, but then when we, when we get to the other side of them, there's so much gratitude and really to, to remember that and to, you know, continually be thankful for, you know, what we're able to, the things that we are able to do. Absolutely. That was exactly what was happening with her. And uh, yeah. she's a professional dancer. She goes on stage. She earns her money with uh, her body, with uh, her flexibility. You know, she goes into auditions and she gets uh, selected out of those auditions because of her flexibility. And then you go through such an accident. Life starts from scratch. And you have all these uh, wounds from the accident, burnt marks and all that kind of stuff. Only a very strong mind can get over it so easily. And nobody believed that three months later she was on stage dancing. Oh, unbelievable. Nobody could believe that. Wow. And she and she does like, doesn't she dance for MTV or something? Doesn't she yeah, dance for MTV? Awards, uh, dancing for Kings of Leon, and oh she gosh. in Ultra Angels in uh, Miami and in different parts of the world. Mercedes Benz Fashion Show, big concert project. So wow, we're not talking about just like a little dance recital here. We're talking about legitimate, like professional dancing. Just I just wanted to, yeah, that's amazing. So three months after that accident, she was back on stage. Yes. And I can imagine inside of her, she had her, you know, uh, concerns. Will I be able to move that part, this part? Shall I give pressure on the shoulder or not? You know, it's a big, right. big experience. And um, mm -hmm. also recently she was in an audition and um, she spoke to me a little bit. Normally she doesn't sp uh, speak much. And um, she said, yeah, I'm going to this audition, but I don't know if I will uh, get the job. I said, why do you think like that? She said, you know, everything that has been true and with Corona for one year, I'm not doing anything, you know, on a big scale and uh, not practicing or exercising much. And uh, I said, you got this. She said, yeah, I know, because she studied uh, in dance academy for four years and mm -hmm. they're also prepared to be rejected. They right. That maybe your height is not good for the project. Maybe your weight is not good for the project. You know, you can be rejected. So they are prepared for that. But he said, she said, so far in the last six years, I have never been rejected from any project. Mm. And if I cannot do it and they reject me, that will be a first and it will be a painful first. Yeah. I said, oh, are we having a self-confidence issue here? You know? <laughs> Me teaching self-confidence immediately. That's right. She came to the right place. Exactly. And then she got the first round. She was very happy. 
Yeah. Now I heard that she got the second round also, so she's accepted for the job. And I was, I was really very happy because I thought if she was really by any chance rejected, that would demoralize her so much that after mm. the accident, this is the first big project. And sure. they are saying, who used to be the queen of stage, you are not good enough, you know, mm. your dancing, your flexibility, your this, your that. And I was concerned because of the shoulder, because if yeah. they ask you to stand on your feet, uh, on your head or on your shoulder, you don't want to put too much pressure there. And uh, luckily, all is under control now. So. Oh, thank God. Good. Oh, that's amazing. Experiences in life. Yes. Incredible. So incredible. Well, um, I just want to ask you a couple more questions before we wrap it up. So one of the questions I like to ask all of my guests is, you know, this is called the chronically courageous, my show. So how do you define courage? Courage. Yes. How do I define courage? This is a good question. I think courage is something that you wire up your brain, that you are unstoppable and you have all the power you need within yourself. And once you put your mind in the right state, you can get anything you want. So mm -hmm. one of my core values is courage. I always think I'm courageous. And that's because in my mindset, I reprogram it that it's all within me. If I really want something and put all the effort in it, there is nothing that I cannot achieve. Love it. I love it. So Fusen, if people um, would like to work with you, where can they find you and what are you currently offering? Well, if they want to reach me, one of the best ways to reach me is my website address, which is lifehealingacademy.com. They can always book 15 minutes free call with me, like a discovery call so that I know what they need and what I can offer them. And the same name is my Instagram page, if they want to, if they are using Instagram, Life Healing Academy. And my personal page on Facebook is my first and last name, Fusen Reinhardt. So that's uh, how they can reach me. And they are willing to work with me coming from you. I can always offer them a special discount for Bonnie. Wonderful, I appreciate that, thank you. I will, of course, put all of that in the show notes so that people can find you easily without having to replay this. So this has been amazing. Thank you so much for being here. You're absolutely incredible. You have incredible stories and incredible gifts. And I'm just really, really grateful that you were willing to be on at this late hour in Turkey and to share everything with us. Thank you so much for inviting and sorry for taking too much time on the show. But once I start talking, I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, that, that makes that makes my job easy. And actually, um, like I said, I was so immersed in the conversation that I was just kind of glued to you. And I, I didn't even, I lost all track of time, which is always the sign of a great conversation. So, I, you know, it's great. It's wonderful. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for your uh, audience who is listening to you. You are doing an amazing job. And I always like people doing something who experienced it themselves because people trust people if they go through similar experiences because yes. some things cannot be just read in a book or learned in a seminar. But when you are going through a certain experience, people are relating to you easier because more or less you know 
what you are feeling, how it used to be, how it is now. So you are a great example with everything you went through yourself and you are able to help people with your guests by sharing your own experiences so that there is at the end of the day hope for everybody out there. There is always a solution for a problem. We just need to shift our focus in the right way and have our heart and brain aligned with each other. Beautifully said. And thank you for saying that. I, I, I do agree completely. I mean, you know, I've been through a lot of schooling in my life. I have my master's degree and I had my, <clears throat> my financial licenses and a real estate license and, you know, lots of, lots of different types of education. Yeah, lots of achievements, but, but there's no school. I said this actually to my fiance the other day. I said, there's no school that has been like the school of life and everything that I've gone through, you, you can't, there's, there's no way to pay for that kind of an education or sign up for something like that. It's just, you know, it's one of those gifts that you're given. And I do consider it a gift because it's taught me to, you know, understand and have compassion for, you know, people that are in that same place. I mean, you know, I've been there, I get it. I, I understand. And it's, and that's, and that's a gift. It truly is. I just want to add one thing and then uh, I'm done. I would say, if there was no darkness, how would we supposed to see the stars? Mm, yes, so true. Yeah, beautiful. I'll leave it at that. I'm not even going to say anything else. I think you said it. You said it beautifully, and that's a great place to end. So thank you so much. You're welcome. You're amazing. Pleasure. Thank you for inviting. Thanks for everything. Thank you, Fusan. Thank you. Beautiful. It means the world to me that you took your time and energy to listen to this entire episode of The Chronically Courageous. If you know others that would benefit from listening, please share it with them. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast player of choice. I welcome your feedback and questions. So please email me at bonnie at com. That's B-O-N-N-I at thechronicallycourageous.com. As always, I'm sending you so much love, happiness, and healing.